Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And usually John McClain will join us on the phone lines each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock, but instead we're both here in Phoenix, Arizona. We're at the owner's meeting. He sits down with us at the table. And, John, we definitely appreciate your time as always, my man. How's the owner's meeting been for you so far? It's been great, Q. I've been doing league meetings since I think 1985 was my first one. I like to build more of the best. I love Phoenix. Last year it was the Breakers and Palm Beach, which is a – Old money on the water, but I still give me the Biltmore. <laughs> Any other way, it's more spread out. There's more places to meet. They had the big party uh, last night where you and I spoke. It's a lot of fun for three hours, and it's just this is the most laid back of any NFL event. You right. know, the combine, the draft, everybody's walking around, their butt's so tight you couldn't drive a pin up it with a sledgehammer. But here <laughs> it's more relaxed. You can see people walking around, owners, league executives, and stop and BS with them off the record. So I love the league meetings in Arizona. Yeah, no, it's been fun so far. This is my first time being at any of them, any of the league meetings. So uh, this is going to be something I have to make a, a return trip for. So this this has been a lot of fun and you know you mentioned uh, ownership and and one of the big stories yesterday was Lamar Jackson today it was uh, the Washington football team and the commanders uh, looking like there's a chance that they can get sold there's a six million dollar bid or six billion dollar bid out there apparently and then of course the Fertitta is there they've got some what 5.5 billion so uh, how do you see this one shaping out Tillman Fertitta owns the Rockets he made his bid by himself mm. Uh, Forbes estimated this month that he's worth a little more than $8 billion. Josh Harris, who's the primary owner of the 76ers and the New Jersey Devils, he tried to get the Broncos and was outbid by the group led by Walmart Air Rob Walton. And um, Magic Johnson has thrown in some of his millions to uh, the Harris-Mitchell-Rails group. So I'm guessing they're going to get it. Those two guys are from the area, and Tillman Petita is not from there. You know, he's from Texas and mm-hmm. Houston. And I'm interested to see if he ups his bid to six. Would he go 6.5? Originally, they said Snyder wanted seven. Then it was six, but he wanted special provisions, mm-hmm. which he's not going to get. You know, if the NFL would just release more information about these investigations, it might help him get out of town. One thing to keep in mind. Q is this, if you're going to buy a team, say you bid $6 million, billion, you would have to be liquid 30% of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I went to Baylor, I don't know what 30% of $6 billion is, <laughs> right, but I, I know either. it's a lot. Yeah. And you cannot finance more than $1 billion of your purchase price, but the owners have made special provisions before, and knowing how bad they want to... Lance the boil that is Daniel Snyder. I'll bet you they would give the whatever group they like special provisions, whether it was they could borrow more than a billion. But uh, I, I, knowing how bad they want to go, they want to have this done by the next meetings in uh, Minneapolis okay. in late May. 
So is that you think that's a possibility that it could get wrapped up that quickly? That's what they would like. You know, they were hoping to have discussion here, but formally it's not on the agenda. Right. Now, are they talking about it? You know they're talking about it. I'll guarantee you those owners last night, they're talking about Daniel Snyder and they're talking about guaranteed contracts. Right. Because a lot of these guys, like Jim Mercer said, it's not the money that bothers me. Well, he doesn't know what Lamar Jackson wants, but he said it is the guaranteed contract. Nobody wants to be the second owner to give a full, fully guaranteed contract like uh, Sean Watson got for $230 million. And maybe he'll take less. You know, it takes two number one picks. People wonder about the Texans. Well, they're, they're going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. and they're going to get them on rookie contracts for three years before they extend them. They don't want to give two hundred thirty million or forty or fifty, whatever it is. But some of those teams, I'm kind of surprised, especially if they think they're going to have mid to low picks. John McClain is our guest from GalleriesSports.com, also Sports Radio six ten in Houston here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. So with Lamar Jackson, the tweet came out yesterday. As soon as John Harbaugh sat down at the table, and the tweet came out that he requested a trade. Does that change the game at all, or is that just kind of where we're at anyway? They knew that he wanted to be traded. Yeah. It was so funny. How did he know that Harbaugh was just sitting down with the media? He Maybe he had somebody in the media tell him, okay, now do right. it. Right, he's down, yeah. But, you know, timing is everything in life, life, whether you're driving on the freeway or in a club at 2 a.m. At time, it's all about timing. And so it sure, uh, it sure made Harbaugh's interview more interesting, and a lot of the coaches and owners and GMs have been asked about it, and some of them are saying no. Right. But what you should say is like what the Texans and the Colts and saying yes, we're we're exploring all options. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean they're going to sign him to that kind of contract? No. A lot of people act like if you do that kind of deal, he's automatically going to be great and win Super Bowls. Well, he's won one playoff game. I think if he'd been healthy. And not hurt the last two years, they would have helped him as well because he's been a winner in regular season, not postseason. He was MVP four years ago. I think Q he should have taken what he said was a three year fully guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. averaging about forty. Because and with the stipulation, and they would have done it, you can't tag me. Right. So when he's going twenty nine years old, he'd be unrestricted. He, most quarterbacks are just eating their stride at twenty nine. And I also think if he had a legitimate agent, he wouldn't be going through a lot of these problems. Yeah, no, I think that, that would help him as well. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty unnecessary roughness. We're here at the owners meetings and so <laughs> there's obviously during the draft season, John, you know it's lion season. So uh, around here, around the owners meetings, I've been walking around and I've had a lot of people question me and ask me, You think the Texans would go with a defensive guy at two? And I don't see it, but you're the guy. So what are your thoughts? I mean, D'Amico Ryans is a defensive-minded head coach. And they need an edge rusher like Will Anderson Jr. And mm-hmm. if they were to do that, that means they would be counting on Case Keenum right. to be their starting quarterback. And the last time I looked, Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans didn't have stupid across the forehead. <laughs> the fans would burn down NRG Stadium yeah. if they don't end up with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. They're desperate for a franchise quarterback. In their minds, they're not going to be Picking us high again. Right. That's and the so thing. And so people say, oh, well, take Will Anderson, get one of the two quarterbacks next year. There's no guarantee you're going to be in a position to do that. So, yes, they're going to take a quarterback. What I'm more interested in, because I'm doing my third mock draft, 
is I try to mix them up. Mm-hmm. As I don't want people just say same old, same old. In my last one that I do the week of the draft is my official one. Yeah. So, like, I've had the Raiders taking a quarterback. I've had the had him taking an edge rusher. So I, what I don't know, and nobody really does, the contract Garoppolo signed, they can get out of after a year. Yeah. Do they take a guy like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, who need a lot of work, especially Richardson, let him learn under McDaniels for a year, and then move on for Garoppolo? Or in Anderson's case, maybe two years. You know, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. That didn't hurt him. And uh, – Patrick Mahomes set for one year, right. but they had Alex Smith, and they were a playoff team. So uh, that, to me, I'm pretty sure there's not going to be any surprises out of the first five picks, maybe six. But when the Raiders come up, because there's such a difference about uh, do, do they take a quarterback? Because with Garoppolo's injury history, he's only mm-hmm. played one full season. Do they believe Jimmy G is the quarterback taken to the Super Bowl? Because if you're taking a quarterback in free agency of the draft, unless he's a stopgap, right. you got to think, is this the guy to help us win a Super Bowl? Josh McDaniels and Ziegler, they know better than anybody what it takes to uh, win a Super Bowl with the kind of quarterback they had at New England and Tom Brady. So that's the one to me that could be the first big surprise. Well, you know, and going back to your point about you don't expect to be picking in the top 10 or in position to go get a quarterback, that's why I always wonder, is there pressure on the Raiders to go get their quarterback now? Because they don't ideally want to be in the top 10 next year. Well, the only pressure that could come from them is Mark Davis, and he's going to stay out of it. Right. You know, they'll tell him, they'll ask him, what do you think? Here's what we're thinking and he'll tell him what he's thinking and he'll tell him he knows there's nothing to create excitement like a quarterback taking high in the first round they already got excitement in las vegas but there's a lot of competition for the for the entertainment dollar there right you know i was stunned when you told me the aces (laughs) sold out games and then of course the hockey team's been great the NBA's coming at some point. Yep. The A's could be coming. So you, even though you're the NFL, you're competing in the entertainment capital of the country. And so uh, if they think one of those quarterbacks has what it takes to develop and be a Super Bowl winner, you better take them because you might be in the middle of the pack next year. This time, do they trade up? Right. You know, would they trade up with, say, Arizona? Yeah. And uh, – to get ahead of the Colts. So that that little mystery there, all the mystery starts with number three. I don't believe Frank Reich traded into the top spot to take a quarterback who's 5'10 and an eighth after every regular starter's been 6'4 mm-hmm. or larger. And even though he acts like that's no big deal, I don't buy it. Right. And uh, so to me, the mystery starts with Arizona. Their top needs an edge rusher. They lost both ends. They need Will Anderson Jr., but if somebody blows them away, maybe they take Ty- go down a little bit and take Tyree Wilson, the second best edge rusher. Well, you know, and the thing about it when it comes to the Raiders and the quarterback and even talking about Carolina and, and Frank Reich, I mean, they traded up and they were from nine. They went up to one. The Raiders were attempting to go from seven to one and they didn't they didn't complete that trade. So clearly there was a quarterback there that they they fell in love with. The question is, is there more than just one? Well, if you're going to get <laughs> top pick, there doesn't have to be. If you're going to have a second pick, right. you got to have a thing where it's like you got two women in a beauty pageant and you can't make up your mind and you say, hey, I could vote for either one as the winner. Right. And in this case, Young and Stroud are different, but they're mm-hmm. both really talented. And 
Stroud is is the most prototypical, but I watched almost every game Bryce Young played last year, and he was coached by Bill O'Brien. Even though Bill people rep Bill, mm-hmm. Bill's a good quarterback coach. Right. I saw him develop Deshaun Watson. And he loves Bryce Young. But everybody's worried about his size, not the throwing part, but the the standing up to the punishment part. And the Texans have worked real hard to build their offensive line, get a proven line coach. And that's why I think it's going to be Stroud first, Young second, Will Anderson either third or fourth. Right. What the Cardinals got to do, their new GM, Monty Austin Fortin, Monty's got to convince teams – Got to convince Carolina, I mean, Indy, mm-hmm. hey, if you want your choice of these other two, you better give us a number one next year, swap spots. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a fourth one and have no choice unless you want to take a position player and worry about it next year or unless you want to shock the world and take trade down get Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, who I also think will go in the first round. But that's the mystery at number three. It really is. Again, John McClain is our guest from gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And, you know, sticking with the quarterback theme, John, when was the last time there was four quarterbacks in the top ten that all were really good? Right? I mean, so I feel like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be really good guys. But I have so many questions about Will and Richardson. I just don't know if they're going to end up being those guys, and that's the chance you take. Everybody does. Will Levis has a great arm. He's a really good runner, mobile. He he can make some great passes, but he's erratic. Mm -hmm. And he needs time to develop. And Anthony Richardson, uh, two friends of mine who were in the NFL, went to Florida. And they watched every play Ed. They said he is not ready. Yeah. He's not ready emotionally, not mentally, but emotionally, because they said Billy Napier, his coach, was also the coordinator and the quarterback coach. So when he'd make a bad play, he'd come sit on the bench, not have anybody go over there and tell him what he did wrong, yeah. console him. So uh Buddy's a fantastic talent, but I remember I went to Jamarcus Russell's pro day and <laughs> right. everybody right. was Ooh, and an on about his size and his arm. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Vince Young and Blake Bortles and Johnny Manziel. And, and there have been drafts where quarterbacks were all taken high, and I'll bet you at least two of them bombed out. Right. And sometimes it's not their fault. It's the team that drafts them's fault because they change systems or the owner fires new coaches or the owner forces them to play the guy sooner then he's ready. That's why those guys need to go somewhere where they have long-term contracts. McDaniel's got four years left, right? Uh, I think, yeah, I the think Colts so. The Colts coach Shane Steichen's got five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can afford to take a guy, and especially the Raiders, because they got Garoppolo. And the Colts got nothing. <laughs> Sam Allinger. Right. And so they need – the Colts – are good that they've got a coach, a rookie coach with a five-year contract. Either one of those guys, they can give them time to develop. But man, the Raiders are in the best position with Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean they got they got him there. My big question with him is always going to be injuries. You know, he's just been so injury prone. I mean, you have to, you can't ignore that. You, have you to, better have a number two, right? And and now Jared Stidham's in Denver, and he <laughs> went and he went uh, Garoppolo and learned behind Brady. Then goes to the 49ers yep. and helps them win. And he's hurt all the time. Why did and Stidham got a lot of money for what he did? Mm-hmm. Did the Raiders just it just be a money issue? They didn't want to pay that for a backup quarterback? I would assume that, but then they say that his relationship with Davis Webb there in Denver had something to do with it, and he also felt like he had a better opportunity to play behind Russell Wilson or get an opportunity to play maybe because Russell Wilson's not going to turn out too well. I, 
I don't know, but I didn't think, John, I told anyone who would listen that, oh, he's more valuable to the Raiders than any other team in the league. Especially after <laughs> that first game he had. I'll tell you right. an interesting story. People think that uh, – don't realize Davis Webb was at Tech yeah. with Cliff Kingsbury yeah, I remember. and Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes. And then he transferred. Did he go to Cal? Uh, yeah. Somewhere yep. Cal. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, that Cal guy. No, he was there learning from Kingsbury. And I'm wondering how many college teams had guy. He was a third-round pick of the Giants. And you had Mayfield and you had Mahomes and you had Webb. And somewhere down there, they may have had somebody else. <laughs> but that was a tremendous, tremendous yep roster of quarterbacks you know the Texans interviewed Cliff Kingsbury I'd love to see Cliff I I wanted to see him come back as being a Texans like special offensive Mm -hmm. advisor to work with their first time play caller Bobby Slowick because he always did a great job with quarterbacks and uh yeah, he's making five million a year to travel around the world with his with his Instagram model girlfriend. I don't blame him. Not a bad life. No, it's not a bad life. And and then I thought about Gary Kubiak. If you've got a coach like Josh McDaniels, who's a proven developer of quarterbacks, man, that gives you such an advantage. Yeah, no, it really does. You know, you're talking about the quarterbacks that were at Texas Tech. How about uh how about Jarrett Stidham was there as well, right? Jarrett Stidham was he was supposed to be there, and then they flipped him. Supposed Bryles to be there, and Art Browse stole him for Baylor. Yeah, but that would have been another quarterback in that and, in Arsenal. And after, and those guys were from smaller towns. Yeah, Stephenville. Yep. And after Art Browse uh, got Stidham, he told me going into Stidham's first year, this guy's chance to be the best I've ever had. I said, wait a minute, right? RG three, you had RG three. He said, I'm just telling you. And so Stenham got to play, and he looked really good. You were there. Yep. And then he got hurt. Yep. And then he ended up going to McLennan Junior College and then transferring to Auburn. But mm-hmm. I, after that game he had with the Raiders, I thought, man, a light bulb's gone off for him. Right. He's finally going to reach that uh, prediction that, that Art Browse had made. Yeah, everyone had that prediction. He was training to be an NFL quarterback when he was a junior in high school still. I mean, they all knew he was going to the league. Well, John, final question for you has to do with the draft as well. Bijan Robinson, obviously running back from Texas, he is fantastic. He's could be easily the best player in this draft, but he's a running back, and you know how devalued that position is. How early do you think a team will pull pull the trigger on Bijan? I'm, I'm going to – I've had Philadelphia taking him at 10. Ooh. Because they let Miles Sanders yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. They don't have their starting running wow. back, and they have two backups. And so, he, Robinson can run. He can catch. Yep. He can play in a slot, wide receiver, go in motion. He's a great guy. He's tough. He's fast. He makes people miss. And I'm not saying – they say he's best prospects in Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley – because of injuries, it wasn't worth the number two pick. Right. But somebody's going to draft him, and people are going to go, oh, there some mock drafts. And these are people I respect, Q. They have him dropping down to the Cowboys. Give me a bleeping break. <laughs> right. Or the Bills. You right. know, the Bills no let their starter, Devin Singletary, go because mm-hmm. they had James Cook back from last year. But if Buffalo had B. John Robinson <laughs> to take the heat off Josh Allen yep. as a runner, yeah. and he's a great receiver, my goodness. Buffalo ought to try to trade up to get B. John Robinson. And somebody watched him beat up on Baylor Way too many times. <laughs> I, saw I have too. the utmost respect <laughs> for him. Wish him the best. He's he's going to be drafted higher than people think. And barring injury, they're never going to look back. Philadelphia would be a great spot for him. That'd take a little bit of pressure off Jalen having to run as well. It so, would be, yeah. and I and I could see him going ten. But I I think he's like the 
the, after the two quarterbacks and Will Anderson and even Jalen Carter, still a great talent. Yeah, he's the fifth best prospect in the draft. I can see that. If he'd have been, if he'd have been, you know, Earl Campbell always be the greatest University of Texas, but he's right up there with Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, and if he'd come from another area, he might be the first pick in the draft. Tell you what, that's some good company to keep right there when you're a UT running back and you're talking about uh, Earl and you're talking about Ricky and Cedric Benson. Those are some really good running backs. Well, John, this is always great. Gallerysports.com, uh, Sports Radio 610, what you got working on? I'm working on my third mock draft. I've got, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of D'Amico Ryans and Texans draft stuff about the quarterback and which one they might take. We all think it'll be Bryce Young. And by the way, you know, I just spent five days in your city, yep. watching college basketball almost around the clock at Caesars, and I had a blast. I always have a great time in Las Vegas. The people are so nice, and I can't wait to get back. And uh, DeMond, how come you haven't invited me to come on your radio show? <laughs> that's right. Man, oh, man, I heard you got a show, and you haven't asked. Give it, that's terrible, Q. It is. Is he too big for me? Is, uh, hey, look, he's doing podcasts now. He's uh, doing interviews. Multimedia star. Yeah, he, he doesn't even shout out his partner anymore. Like, he's forgotten about me. He's forgotten about you. I mean, you, you know, they. it's like the kids. It's like kids. They leave the house, and they don't come back. <laughs> I'll just say this, DeMond, once you get to the top, you better be careful because when you're coming down, you're going to be passed up by a lot of us you overlooked on your way <laughs> up, superstar. That's right. That's right. The great John McLean. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Q, as always. There's John, John McLean. I always appreciate my man there, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And, yeah, Taman just kind of just forgets about us. He goes on and. Does a podcast about, uh, you know, being a producer at Raider Nation Radio 920. Doesn't shout out his homeboy. Just was like, oh, yeah, you know, I work with Q Myers. That's all. Did you listen? I did. I listened to the whole thing. It, yeah, I, it wasn't very flattering to me. What? I, <laughs> man, I felt like I was big up and you. I was talking oh, about no, how I'm putting nah, you over. Nah, DeMond was like, well, you know, Q's kind of a tyrant. He's not really good, you know. I have to keep him in line. I have to, you know, I have to do this. I have to do that. I got to. Sitting at 26 views on YouTube as of so far. So, uh, <laughs> one yeah, is mine. Superstardom right now. One mine. No, DeMond did a good job just messing with him. But, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, that's, that's good stuff. Anyway, uh, we do appreciate John and his efforts each and every week uh, joining us and giving us a little extra time today. Now, let's go ahead and uh, what are we going to do? DeMond, call it 9 and 10? You want to do call it 9 and 10? There you go. Look, you, you were trying to make me break, and then you all of a sudden remembered I had to do call it 9 and 10 for a group that you never heard of, Depeche Mode. Uh, we got tickets to Depeche Mode. Yeah. Personal Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Vinny just gave us the look. Yeah, DeMond didn't know who Depeche Mode. I couldn't name a song. He couldn't name a song. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> Un- Unbelievable. Call number 9 and 10, 702 365 9200. 3.30 on the Roughness Radio Nation.
920. We're here at the owners' meeting in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, as a lot of things are starting to be taken down, literally things are being taken down around here. Trying to get wrapped up with Vinny Bonsignor, your boy Q, Demond Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Demond, uh, give me the heads up, man. Who won the tickets to Depeche Mode? Jose is one, and Mark okay. is another. We got two guys there. Jose and Mark. Jose. Nice. All right, Jose and Mark, we definitely uh, appreciate them for listening and having us locked in. And in a few minutes, we'll be joined by Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. But, uh, uh, Vinny, a lot of stuff to unpack, man. And I know you've been all over the place, and we're trying to figure out our logistics right now. You know, there's one thing I'll say, and I might as well get this out now because I don't know how we'll have time to you know, have conversation and just kind of BS a little bit. The, where you're at sometimes in there when you're writing – I couldn't work in that room. Oh, really? That room is too damn quiet. Yeah. I walked in there, and I was like, man, I don't want to breathe. <laughs> it's, there is – I mean, how many people do you think are in there writing? How many writers? There are about 60 people in there, right? Maybe yes. even more. And you can hear a pin drop. Right. Like, when I walked in there, I, I had to make sure I closed the door real close so it didn't – A lot of focus. Yeah, yeah. It's that's, like to the point where somebody grabs, a, like, a pack of potato chips or something because they have them in there, and then – Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah. It's like I'm in the library right. or something. I'm too loud for that room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer working out here too. But this cloth, something was doing something to my computer. Was yeah, jacking up my um, my mouse, so I had to go back in there to, uh, right. to get that right. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm glad. I'm just glad that we're not all in the same type room. Right, right. Because it would. I mean, they wouldn't be able to work with someone like me as loud as I am. They'd and, be looking and, at us, going, "Shut up!" Right. And and yeah, we have you know all these different stations here on on Radio Row here and. Uh, people walking by, having conversations, and then all everyone else is concentrating on their work and writing. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be able. But to it is it. great to see how many media members are here. You know, yeah, uh, um, especially still. I mean, I still think of COVID and everything that happened with that, and all the things that got canceled, and these types of events, the scouting combine. To be able to see all of our colleagues, and we saw a bunch of these same people uh, at the combine uh, queue in, in Indianapolis. Um, it's great to see everybody out and about and covering these things. And, uh, and you know, I wouldn't say that this was a monumental uh, owners' meetings because I've seen some yeah. the Raiders getting voted. Right, voted right. That's pretty cool. Those are explosive. But um, there was still a lot going on here, and especially from the Raiders' perspective, kind of, and we're going to, you know, you're going to talk to Dave Ziegler here in a little bit. Um, yeah. Get, get the lowdown on, on where the Raiders are right now on – their process, and I know uh, talking to him yesterday, they're they're getting ready to go knee deep on the draft. It's going to be close it down, shut it down, yeah. uh, and let's come up with a draft board, uh, which I think would surprise fans right now that they don't really have a draft board. That's not in place yet. They they take their time. Teams take their times to build that thing the way it needs to be built. So how long out do you think that it takes before they have it built, though? Because, uh, I mean, we're literally less than a month from the first round. Yeah, but this is still a – because think about it. You know, uh, the way the calendar works, once the season ends, mm -hmm. you're looking – it's self-evaluation. Right, of course. Right there. Of course. You know, your college scouts are doing their thing, and uh, all those uh, guys and women are, are, are taking care of their, their jobs, and eventually it gets to you like the coach. Mm -hmm. um, but that usually doesn't happen until almost after this – almost right before the scouting combine is when all of a sudden now the coaches are involved in the draft process. Right. Um, head coach, the assistant coaches, positional coaches. And now they're starting to look at film of players, and they're starting to put their spin on things. Mm -hmm. And then there's meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting to really decide what that board looks like. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, they'll probably be tinkering with it until about 
two weeks before before the draft starts. Okay, uh, and then kind of get it locked in. But there's always information that could come about. Right, but they've got to have their values as far as okay, this is this is a tier whatever right. player, this is an A player, this is a yeah. B. You know what I mean? Like, and some people do it across. Some people do it up and down. Yeah, like uh, I like the across because if you get to let's say the number seven pick and you have six players. Mm-hmm. That that are even, right, right. You know that gives you a. I, I think that's the better way to do it rather than ranking them one to yeah, yeah, whatever. I got you. Um, so uh, so it gives you a selection once you get to your pick. Okay, these three guys are still here. Yeah. Um, hey, if we move down mm-hmm. a couple of spots, are you know at least two of them might still be here. So you can you can make uh, some some educated guesses on that. And I would expect that the Raiders are going to be pretty active on. I mean, obviously, twelve picks they're going to be right. picking left and right, but. I would expect them to be active in terms of the trades and moving up and moving. Down. I did too. I think so, and, and that would be something that I ask uh, uh, D- GM Dave Ziegler when he joins us in a few minutes. Got a couple uh, texts to get to real quick. Mailman Raider said uh, one thing I I think I want to see uh, in a Jimmy G offense is the slant, slant patterns. The DA, all our playmakers need the ball in their hands, and that's where I think Jimmy excels. Also, going through his reads, it seemed like DC always went through one read, then dump it off or throw away. A question for me is, what's the deep ball is going to look like, and will Jimmy G have that clutch gene? Aside from Last year we've seen DC come through in the end of games over and over, so I hope that continues with Jimmy. And I don't think that you're going to see a bunch of deep balls. I'm not saying they're going to be non-existent, but I just don't think. I thought last year was actually saw a lot of deep shots from from Carr, and, and really uh, Adams ha- had more deep catches than he's probably ever had in his career, and in a in a regular season in his career. Right, and he's coming from Aaron Rodgers. Right. So who just really normally gets the ball out of his hand, just gets it to him and lets him go. Right. You know, and there's ways to. There's ways. There's all kinds of different ways to get it done. Right. And uh, and that's seems to be what Josh McDaniels kind of prefers, or what this offense sort of prefers. Um, and and the the big question, and we're not going to get answers until uh, September. You right. know, is it going to look better, and is it going to be more efficient? Because I think a more efficient offense can help change. How many times? Q last year, lead in the second half, and all of a sudden three and out, three and out. Right. 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 All yeah. those things added up, and yep. especially when you have. A defense that's not so good. Let's be honest about yeah, it. Yeah, just putting them back on the field is, is setting yourself up for a failure. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so between being more efficient from the quarterback position, and that was an issue. I mean, it's it's not trying to throw anybody under the right, bus, but it right. was an issue. Uh, and being able to run the ball well too, and be able to if you get the lead, be able to milk that lead and and help your defense out a little bit. But yeah. you still gotta again. You know, we look at that interception against the Rams. That's that's one of those ones that's kind of glaring. That's one that stands out to me, and I know a lot of people, you know, got on me and thought I was being too hard on, on Derek Carr, but you can't throw that ball. No. I don't give a damn. And everyone's, oh, well, he, the ball was knocked out or someone made a good play on defense. No, it was a bad decision. It was a terrible. It was bottom play. line, it was a bad decision. You know, because you, you <laughs> A, you wanted the touchdown. But you also gave them gotta a have points. field goal. Yes, you got to get some points, right? And and we never want to see them settle for field goals. I mean, we all know. We, you know, we hear it all the time. But in that situation, you've got to get something. Yes. You're right there knocking on the door. You've got to get something. You cannot have a turnover in the red zone. That is the worst turnover to have is a turnover in the red zone. Ter- terrible. It's, Especially at that point in the game. Right. And it was, it was I mean. It, it's right before halftime. Yeah. Yep. And they, I think the Rams got the ball to start. The yes. Second, if I remember correctly. Yes. So. And I believe they scored. Yeah. And so there you go, and that started the that started the downhill trajectory that ended up being a last second collapse. That was awful. The Cardinals game. Oh, that's a whole. That was about eighteen different things went yeah. wrong. Like there had to be like eighteen to twenty things go wrong for them to lose that game, and they all did. Right. <laughs> like every one of them. We had Jason Fitz on on the morning show, and uh, he's like, there were caught times last year 
where I would be just sitting there an hour after the game going, how the heck did we just lose that yeah, game? Yeah, yep, yep. I believe it. I believe it. I can't remember who it was uh, that texted me on the, on Christmas Eve um, when they were – oh, it was Nick Shook. Nick Shook from NFL Network. He's one of our guests on the show all the time. Uh, he texted me on, on Christmas Eve uh, at halftime of the Raiders-Steelers game and said – the Raiders better score some more points in the second half because you know what's going to happen. I said, yeah, I do. And he said, they better score some more points. And I said, yeah, I know. And they didn't. That was um, – there was a little bit of a breaking point in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the decision right. to, to move on from Derek was made very – officially move on from Derek. Uh, I think they were leaning in that direction for a while. But, yeah, there were some particular plays in that game that just – yeah, All right, that's it. That's a done deal. That's a done deal. One more quick text. We'll take a break. Sir Whiskey Race AQ, Demond Vinny. Happy Tuesday, gentlemen. I have to say, now that Jimmy G is our quarterback, I'm all on board. He's going to immediately bring a winning attitude. We need that from our quarterback. What's important is that Jimmy G is familiar with Coach McDaniel's playbook. He'll be able to open up the offense. It's no secret his injuries scare us, Raider Nation. However, it's important that our offensive line does its job and protects Jimmy G. I'm excited. Stand by Jimmy G here in 2023 and beyond. And that's really what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, regardless of how you felt. And like, and I'll be the first to say that hey i wasn't a, a fan of the move because of the injuries I've, I've said it a million times i'll say it a million more but he's the quarterback support him he's you know he knows josh mcdaniels josh mcdaniels knows him so let's see how this thing goes yeah and if he if he does stay healthy it gives the raiders a chance i think to be a competitive football team yep especially on the offensive side of the ball without losing and it's cheaper too it's yeah. more cost effective not just this year you know, when you talk about the next two years, what Derek was on the books for, $73 million right. compared to $45 million. So yep. you do the math. Yeah, That's yeah. a lot of extra cash that you could put towards something else. To fixing to fix the rest of the team. Exactly. Helping out with the and, rest and of the and team. And I know that that came into play. Um, it kind of goes without saying. But, again, what the, what, the, what the goal is, stabilize the quarterback position right now. Try to get it as competitive as possible offensively. Hope that your offense – can do what it didn't do last year, which was sort of, you know, stay a couple steps ahead of the defense, help the defense win nine, ten yeah. games, you know, get in the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. This is what the goal literally is. Right. But along the way, continue chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at building a championship caliber roster, um, you know, offensively on both sides of the ball. Well, I'll tell you what, the guy that's in charge of building the roster is GM Dave Ziegler. He joins us next here, Radio Row at the owners' meetings. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 3.45 is the time. We're back here at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotney's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And I'm here now at the table with the Raiders GM, Dave Ziegler. And Dave, thanks so much for your time. And uh, how's the owners' meetings been so far for you? Um, they've been good. You know, um, there it's uh, the it's good everybody there's a lot of conversations to be had you, you know you get to catch up on some business with with a lot of the other teams that are here yeah um, just from a roster standpoint and and so that's always really valuable obviously there's the league components and the rules and all of those types of things and um, we also get to be in in you know beautiful phoenix arizona where it's sun and right. the families here and you know they're having a good time at the pool and all that stuff so it's um it's a good little kind of you know it's um it's work related it's also you know a little bit of relaxation which is a good kind of uh, reset because once we get back here and get in the building, um, you know, we 
we're going to be ripping and roaring on draft, you know, um, setting the draft board, draft right. meetings. It's going to be, you know, a grind all the way, uh, you know, up until the draft. So. Right. Well, we're about, what, three weeks you know, into free agency. It got started, obviously, a while back. What was kind of the strategy to going into free agency? Like, how were you trying to attack free agency and knowing that the draft was coming up at the end of April as well? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the the free agency for, for us is and for most teams, I think, is, is about attacking needs. You know, and so a lot of times you go into the draft and you're going to go best available player. And so free agency is an opportunity to address the needs that you have and, and fill out some of those needs on your team. So when you get to the draft, you don't have that, you know, you don't feel that urge to have to reach and, mm-hmm. to, and to have to create some, you know, uh, create a guy, you know, in, in a, as a certain value just because you need that spot. And so, um, you know, we were able to... Um, answer some of those, uh, you know, you can't answer them all, but right. we were a- able to answer some of those needs to, throughout free agency. Um, you know, we were at a, able to add, I think, um, what we wanted to do is add some players that were going to, I would say, fit, fit our mold in terms of guys that are passionate about football, guys that are smart, guys that are dependable, and then have an element of, you know, explosiveness to their game and, and whatever that is. And I think we added some players like that, whether it was Robert Spillane, yeah. whether it was Marcus Epps, whether it was Jacoby Myers, um, you know, and I could go on and on, but like, mm-hmm. the, you know, the goal going into free agency was one, to address the needs, one, to improve our team in terms of the smart, tough, dependable, right. kind of the image that we want to, you know, build this team in. And so I think we were able to accomplish uh, some of those goals and we have, you know, we still have a lot of work to do too. Well, it feels like a lot of those guys also have a lot to prove too, right? Yeah. They, they almost, they have that chip on the shoulder, like, yeah, give me that opportunity and I'll show you what I could do with it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a good point. I mentioned that um, when I spoke to some people recently is that that's another part of the image we want to build. You know, we want to have a team that's smart, tough and dependable, has a high passion for football. Um, we also want to build a team that has an edge, that has a chip on the shoulder that, you know, um, you know, guys that, that have that burning desire to, to want to prove things. And I think we added a lot, you know, whether again, whether it's Jacoby Myers, whether it is Robert Spillane, whether it's Duke Shelley, whether it's Brandon Faison, um, you know, whether it's, um, OJ Howard, you know, there's, I think we have, um, you know, brought in some guys that have that mentality. And that was part of our conversations that we had with some of these players when, um, when we were in, in negotiations and able to talk to them. And it was some of our conversations just as a staff right. on some of the players that we were targeting lead, leading up to this. And, you know, that's what we want our, our, the, the Las Vegas Raiders to, to look like. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, we wanted to mirror the fan base too in a bit. And I think when you look at the, the Raiders fan base, whether it's Las Vegas, whether it's Oakland, it's a lot of hardworking people. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of people that have an edge. It's a lot of people that, you know, have fought for, you know, what they've gotten, yeah. you know, received in life and things of that nature. And, you know, there's an element of, of wanting the team to mirror some of that too yeah there's a passionate fan base right i mean the 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 fan base good bad ugly whatever they're fired up at all times right always fired up ready to go and and love the silver and black and so uh clearly the players that you brought in they've shown that as well even in the pressers even talking to jimmy g you know he he said he he was honest he's like hey i don't know a lot about the raiders but my dad used to say they were badasses yeah right and so i think that that really went well with the fan base as well kind of getting to know him does that alleviate a little of the pressure of saying, well, now we have to get a quarterback because you do have Jimmy G who's been there, done that? Yeah, it, it definitely alleviates some of the pressure. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if we were going into this draft and, and we didn't have you know, someone that was established at the position, there would be obviously a lot more pressure um, to, to get a quarterback and, 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 and potentially, like I, as I mentioned, the, the potential to make a poor decision. Right. And so I think we, we now we can make, you know, go in and, and make a smart decision. And again, we're not going to, um, if there's a young quarterback to, to draft that we, um, you know, a, as an organization agree 
could be a future starting quarterback for the Raiders or whatever that may be, or a, a solid backup quarterback for the Raiders, you know, whatever that may be, um, then we're going to do it. And so it doesn't necessarily take, doesn't take anything off the table for us, mm-hmm. but it does put us in a little bit more of a comfortable position. Right. No doubt. Raiders GM Dave Ziegler is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You guys have 12 draft picks right now to work with. How exciting is that for you, knowing that you're putting this team together, working to put this team together? And last year you only had a handful of them because you made the big trade. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, I wish there was more that were maybe in the, instead of the sixth and seventh round, there were <laughs> move them on up, right? The second and third round, right? No but, doubt. Uh, but e- even but five in the first hundred and nine. Yeah, and even even that being said, just when you have that um, that that many picks, you have some flexibility to be able to do some things, whether it's moving up, moving back, and yeah. it just gives you um, it gives you a little bit more freedom. And so we're really excited about that. We're excited about the opportunity to um, essentially if it ends up being 12 players, you know, infuse this roster with some youth, um, infuse this roster with some of the players that, you know, meet the ideology and what we're looking for, as I mentioned, in, in football players and yeah. help improve this team and, and put some guys on this team that are going to be staples of this organization for, you know, for years to come. So it's, it's, it's a really, it's really exciting and we're really looking forward to, to putting in the work and, and getting to the point that uh, we're ready to select the right players. You know, and I, I know I asked you an Indian and you're not going to put a number on how many starters you're going to get out of the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's unrealistic, but uh, just kind of <laughs> asked you an Indy how important it is to just get playmakers, you know, and, and yeah. whatever you get at seven or, or wherever you pick your first guy does that I mean have to be an alpha dog in your opinion at whatever position he plays yeah um I think you want him to be an alpha I think you know it doesn't always work out this way but you you um the leadership uh, abilities of that player mm-hmm. I think are important you know you would ideally like to to draft someone that develops into a captain I think on those you know those premium picks especially that first pick right um, that you have in the first round and so there's there's definitely some things that go into that um and and, and yeah like having guys that have that you know that that alpha mentality that um, kind of dog mentality. Like we want, we want to add more of those players into the explosive element. Like right, whether it's yeah. an explosive player on offense, whether it's a disruptive player on defense, people that make plays on the ball, people that can disrupt the pocket. Like we need more of that everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so you know that's that's definitely a focus. You know, going to be a focus going into this draft. That was Max Crosby's exact words at the end of the season. We need more dogs. Yeah. And, 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 and we do. And, and I think when you have that, um, and, and, and again, it, it, there's a, a little bit element of time it takes to develop that. But I think, you know, guys that when you have leads, um, when you're in those tight games, the, the mentality isn't, you know, you know, kind of just holding on, hoping, we, hoping to win the game. Right. No, the mentality is that we're going to go out this and, and we're going we're gonna to win this game. We're going to put pressure on, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to put the pressure on. And, and that's, a, um, that's an ideology of, of a collective group that has to be developed. I wish, um, you know, you, it just happened, but it doesn't. And you have to have the right, the right people involved in that. Right. Dave Ziegler is our guest, Raiders GM here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. What goes into the process of evaluating a player that may have a few issues off the, off the field as well, but you know he's a talent on the field? You have to do your due diligence. And, and you know, I won't get into all, all the specifics, but, right. um, you know, there's um, – I think you have to go the extra length in those situations, um, whether it's um, spending time with the player, the player's family. Um, you know, you just – you can't um, – our, our college scouts do a great job in the fall, you know, gaining information from, you know, the sources that they get into the school, and that's highly valuable information. But there's going to be some guys that you're going to have to, you know, do more work on and spend more time on and, and to make sure that you feel like whether you're eliminating that player mm-hmm. um, or that you're keeping that player alive, um, you have to just – there's extra work that needs to be done, and it's, it's our responsibility to do that. 
So when you look at the draft in general and putting this roster together in your world, is it ideal that, hey, this is how we live each and every year is really doing well in the draft and then being able to fill a hole here in free agency, but not having to depend on free agency? Yeah. And I think the reason that's important is because um, when you talk about building culture mm-hmm. and you talk about like Max talking about like we need more dogs, um, when you when you bring a lot of guys, when you have to bring a lot of guys in, in free agency, you also bring a lot of guys that have other ways that, that, you know, that they want to do things. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 You know how it is. Like, Mm -hmm. even if it's in the business world, like, you know, bring, you bring a new employee (laughs) and it's like, Hey, we didn't, we didn't do that. Right. We didn't do it this way here. We didn't do it that way here. And again, some people have good ideas where, um, um, you look, you, you reflect on what you're doing and you Mm -hmm. may make some adjustments, but I think at the end of the day, like we want to, when you bring in a draftable player, you educate them on what, the Las Vegas Raiders expectations are what it means to be a Las Vegas Raider player. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what they know. Right. You know what I mean? And so you have a lot more people steeped in that than it's, it's, you know, you're, you're pushing that, you're pushing that culture and that narrative, um, in, in a collective whole rather than a lot of people that maybe have questions about this and that. And so ultimately, yes, we, we want to get to the point and we're not there yet. Um, or we, we're, we've drafted well enough over a course of years where when we go into free agency, it's very much a more strategic, like, Hey, we want to get the, these four guys, these right. four players or these four spots, or even these two spots, mm-hmm. this is where we need to add a premium player. Um, not, you know, we need to, um, not only add the premium player, but we had, you know, I have to add the the second tight end and the third guard and the fourth tackle. Like you want those guys to be young players that you drafted ultimately. And then, um, you know, you're just being more strategic and, and, and more picky right. um, when you get into free agency. Well, I wanted to ask you real quick about Josh Jacobs. We know you guys hit him with the franchise tag and Raider Nation wants to see him back. I'm sure he wants to be back. You yeah. know, you guys would love to have him back in the in the locker room. How How is things going with Josh as far as, you know, just whatever you could comment on just with him? Yeah. Um, well, we put the franchise tag on them. And then, you know, we got into free agency. And so I'd say, um, you know, there's been a few, you know, kind of, you know, surface conversations. We haven't really dug too deep into it um, as we've worked through free agency. Uh, you know, we're going to be, you know, getting out of free agency and there'll be, you know, some more conversations to, to be had. Um, and, and um, you know, we'll see where it goes. At the end of the day, like we've talked many times, um, Josh embodies a lot of the stuff that um, that we like, yeah. uh, that we want our football players to have, and, and to go along with that, he's a really talented player, and you know we're we're, we're going to be happy to have him in some you know some way, shape, or form under contract for mm-hmm. us, um, you know, this year. And, um, you know, we'll kind of just, we'll take it step by step, you right. know, and, and, and go through that. But we still, you know, there's still some more work to be done. But with that kind of a guy and that mentality and the kind of way he plays, like you mentioned, he's, he's an important factor to have in that locker room around the guys. He is. And he's a great example for young players, you mm-hmm. know, just the way that he carries himself and the way that he practices and the way that he prepares. And it means a lot to him. He's um, smart, tough, yeah. dependable, and he loves football. And right. so like, the, the, again, he embodies a lot of that. So, you know, you know, we're excited to we're excited to um, have him here. Um, he had a great year, and you know we'll, we're looking forward to twenty three with him. Final question for you, uh, Neil Farrell Jr., Matthew Butler. They yeah. didn't get a whole lot of burn their rookie year. I asked Josh McDaniels how important it is for them to get into the mix, and he said they're already working out. They're at the facility. They stayed yeah. back. They're really hungry. What, yeah. what what excites you about those two guys? Yeah, well, one I'm excited just in terms of that that they made the decision, you know, on their own independently to you know stay around. Um, Henderson, um, and, and work at the facility and, you know, really dedicate themselves to improving, um, their body and their strength and their explosion and all those different things. I think, you know, that tells, that tells us a little bit about their commitment and Mm -hmm. that it's important to them. And, you know, we expect, um, 
you know, uh, uh, not just them, but a lot of these players, and some of them are veterans too, just a second year in a system, as, as you know, like right. the first year on the job, um, no matter what you are, you might just be trying to figure out how the copy machine works Man. and, you know, where to get the coffee <laughs> Let at. Let me tell you. you right? Let me tell you. <laughs> and then in year two, a lot of those things that you had to put thought into, yeah. um, you don't. And then you think back like, man, I had to put thought into that. Right. You know? And so I think w with the continuity that we have with our coaching staff, um, coming back almost in, almost intact, that there's going to be a, a level of comfort for our players that I think we are hopeful that we'll see a jump from a lot of these guys, but Matt and Neil are, you know, we're, there's an expectation there too, and they need to put in the work to do it. And, you know, um, you know, we're hopeful that they, you know, from what we've seen that they're on the right path and that, you know, we're looking forward to them in some shape or form to be, you know, contributing members here this year. Well, sooner rather than later, the draft will be here. Then training camp will be here. We'll be back at Allegiant stadium and the games will be going on and it'll be like, we haven't missed a thing. Right. That's right. And we're excited for that. Exactly. Well, Dave, I know you're busy. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I definitely appreciate you. And I'm sure uh, my guy, Freddie Coleman is probably online talking to come on I need you on the show now I'm so. ready Freddie and Fitzsimmons <laughs> let's go right well you're on with me first so there it is <laughs> Dave Ziegler from the owners meetings appreciate you all right thanks Q there he goes Dave Ziegler definitely appreciate his time uh, as he's a very busy dude as everyone's busy here at the owners meetings going into different meetings out of different meetings uh, meeting with different stations TV media doing all the roundabouts and at the same time trying to enjoy themselves a little bit as well 359 is the time many thanks to Dave Ziegler many thanks to the Raiders will kiss